We've qualified for the World Cup. Go and compete. Okay. Uh, so, how uh, before we even start, how are you guys? How's your Valentine's Day going? Unreal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm pretty pissed, to be honest. Okay. Are you Good. actually? No, I'm not. I, I'm actually not. But I'm I'm a loose. I'm you know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty she relaxed. got she got you some poppers or something, did she? <laughs> 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 I've got I've got a big night planned, Adrian. Uh, prosecco and red wine, because I didn't know oh. what meat we'd be having. Um, we actually got a take in, like um, I saw like yeah. A, yeah, it's pretty good. A Liberty Grill. Um, nice. So I had, what did you get? I had prawn cocktail, beef Wellington, potato gratin, and a passion fruit and vanilla cheesecake to finish. Ooh, okay. Fucking hell. Very nice. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good fun. How was the prawn cocktail? Because they're so hit and miss, you know? Were they big prawns or were they little lads? They were little lads. I was a little disappointed. Um yeah, Sonia got a, a volavon. I don't know how to say this. I say volavon. Yeah, yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, okay. Yeah, she, she got. Uh, it was uh, goat's cheese, walnut, and cranberry volavon. But I can't yes. have cranberry because of some medication I'm on. It interacts oh. with it. Oh, for fuck's and sake, I, Sonia! Yeah, and it looked <laughs> unfucking leaveable. Whereas my prawn cocktail was just four slightly overcooked prawns. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard to cook prawns right, though. You know, they are just oh yeah, little look bits of don't flesh. Ask, don't ask me to cook them perfectly, but I mean, if it's your job to cook them perfectly, you probably should do it. Raw prawns <laughs> look fucking disgusting. The grey, yeah. lumpy things—they look like yeah. gobs or something like. Yeah, yeah. And I, prawns yeah. are so unpopular. So many people don't like the texture. Mm. I, can, I can see it you know i can see it because it is a bit rubbery it's a little bit like scallops you know the, mm. it, i like both but they do have that texture or that feeling of i don't know non-food <laughs> yeah do you I guys said non-food do you guys eat um <laughs> calamari yeah like fried deep fried squid kind yeah. of is it? yeah yeah it's grand yeah yeah, yeah. That's another thing. Like, I think it's if if it's not cooked well, people don't want it. But that's the thing. The thing is with seafood is that people just don't know how to cook it, and most restaurants just overcompensate in yeah. Because if they don't cook it right, or they don't cook it perfect, you could kill someone. So it's just bad experiences. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always thought prawn cocktail was a bit of a weird thing to become, like a standard meal because like uh if you look at a prawn cocktail prawns some sort of weird like rosé sauce and like a salad maybe in like a weird glass or something sometimes i feel like the first person who introduced prawn cocktail to ireland just like ended up with a bunch of random objects and he was like what the fuck am i gonna do with all this how am i gonna get rid of all this mayonnaise prawns <laughs> and he just fucking he conned us he conned us all it's a bit it's a bit like uh ready steady cook you know where they give you a random ingredients you gotta make a dish maybe, yeah maybe it's exactly like that 
<laughs> or more like that fucking scrap heap challenge, maybe. <laughs> he found his shit in the bin. Like his original starter, he fucked up the calamari or something. He fucked it up, his original starter, and then he went looking through the bin. I have to find anything, give anything at all. <laughs> I, I love with it as well, though. It's like whether a prawn cocktail is good or not is whether there's like a sprinkle of paprika powder on top yeah there's nothing nothing fancy about that but everyone's like oh look at the presentation on that now it's like fucking a hundred percent anyone could do that i might be the only person that thinks this but paprika doesn't taste like anything is that right kind of yeah (laughs) well i think it's distinctive or do you mean you can't taste it at all as in i like if i uh poured some paprika onto my hand and licked it, I wouldn't really get a flavor. But if I do it with smoked paprika, it's very clear. But paprika just oh, doesn't oh, okay. taste like anything to me. No, I could, I could taste yeah. paprika. Am I wrong? Okay, interesting. Maybe I just need to pour more paprika onto my hands <laughs> the next time I lick it. Yeah. <laughs> we see on the news some fella has died now from trying to ingest a load of paprika. <laughs> that happened with that cinnamon cinnamon challenge. Do you cinnamon remember that? Challenge. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's dangerous. Yeah, because you can't like swallow it properly right it gets all dry doesn't it yeah you can like really fuck your yourself up with it yeah yeah and also cinnamon is gross anyway so. uh i sometimes put a pinch of cinnamon into the pot when i'm boiling pasta wow top tip i tell you what yeah top okay tip. <laughs> i was go- i thought you were gonna say into porridge because i was like yeah that's that's a really good cinnamon. addition to make yeah. a bowl of porridge better yeah, you know, I'm a little but, bit convinced that salting the water before you boil pasta and rice is a waste of time. I still do no, it, no, but no, no, I no. think I don't know. Does it make any difference? I disagree. De- well, yeah, it definitely does. I think it okay, definitely you all, does. You all so, disagree, so especially. <laughs> God, I I feel sorry for Sonia having to eat the dinner you cooked her. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I'm usually fucking a load of pasta sauce or something on top of the pasta anyway so do you know what i mean I like suppose. if i was eating plain pasta absolutely i'd salt the water but when i'm eating, eating like a spaghetti bolognese and it's covered in some sort of tomato sauce what's the fucking difference yeah well i fucking love pasta <laughs> well Jesus can anyone yeah. answer that though like can like it'll, would it'll, you notice yeah i think i yeah, notice yeah you don't you, you don't do it for the taste you do it to to enhance the pasta that you're cooking, you pour the water away. If you yes. kept the, if you drank this pasta water, you'd see how much salt you put in. But like you, sometimes no does that. Can, if they you, do, some, hey, sometimes <laughs> people do keep the pasta water, the starchy water. Yeah, yeah. For the, yeah. For the salt, yeah. If you're making the sauce, but like I mean, you're not having a drink of it with the, the with the meal. You know, you pour most of it away, but it's the salt is there to make the um make the pasta cook better. In the nice salted water, and it makes the pasta taste better. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Speaking of other foods, I had I had steak today um, for dinner. Nice romantic choice. Uh, what kind I of, ordered what kind of steak? This is it. I ordered I ordered sirloin. I'd usually go for sirloin or fillet. I yeah. got a strip loin delivered, which is a bit of a, I think, uh, you know, not as great, mm-hmm. but it was a, it was a strip loin and cooked. Yeah, more on the well side, but medium, medium well. Jesus, it must be so fucking hard to get a steak delivered uh, (laughs) because 
I mean, it's going to be cooking in the 20 minutes or whatever. If they have to keep it warm when they deliver it to you, they're going to be cooking it. So it's always going to, <laughs> yeah. it's always going to end up re- uh, well done. Well, I cooked myself, but yes, I, I'd imagine why it's not on the menu for a lot of delivery companies, you know, because you'd All have right. to put it on a hot plate yeah, and pass sorry. it through and just be like, watch, watch the fingers on that as they're passing you like this boiling pan with the steak still rare on it. But yeah, no, I, I cooked it and I cooked it a little bit too overdone how I'd like. I usually would go for medium or medium rare, but this, this one came out medium well. How did you take steak? I don't want to talk myself up here, but I cook like the perfect uh, uh, medium rare fillet steak during the week. It was unbefuckingly-vable. I even took a picture of it. I was so happy. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that could be the thumbnail step. for the uh, podcast. Yeah. Fuck football. We just talk about dinner. We could talk about dinner forever. Uh, I'm sick of football anyway, frankly, to be honest. We'll talk about cooking. <laughs> yeah, I could live without football. Like, Yeah, we, we <laughs> yeah. seem to, the three of us seem to win at cooking and not really at football. So, you know, it makes sense. Except this week. I'd say this is the only <laughs> week uh, Arsenal won and all year teams, including United in the group chat, all did mm. poorly or, yeah, lost or drew. For the first yeah. time, yeah. How does it feel? Uh, not much different, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Said like a true Arsenal fan. No, you gotta, you gotta like, you gotta fucking sail that wave while it's there. You know, like while you're winning, yeah. you gotta just soak it up. Sing while you're Obama winning. Yang is back. He's back. The boom is back. The boy is back. Patrick Hero. Yeah, uh, that's great. Um... <laughs> no, no, that is good. Uh, I was actually expecting us to lose today, if I'm honest. I was like, no party, no tyranny, and um, just thought they'd carve us open. Because uh, in the reverse fixture, they could have beaten them like 5-0, even though I think they only beat them 1-0. But um, it was brutal, and Leeds are really good I think even though they're only mid table I think they're pretty good I like Bielsa ball and I was really afraid yeah, they were going to hammer us they're, they're always um, they're always really like um, entertaining whenever I see them and even when they win they do it the hard way like today I know they didn't win but you know, <laughs> that is go, a really hard go, way to do it <laughs> let's go 4-0 down and then get back into the game you know it was... they're, they're like super entertaining though I mean like I, I think they're like what Norwich tried to do last year, like come up and try and play proper football. But Norwich got just yeah. spanked, whereas Leeds are actually properly doing it. But I do worry, because obviously they're going to stay up the season. I, I'm sure we all agree with that. I do worry, will they be the Sheffield United of next season? Yeah, I guess it can happen. You it know, always it happens. Is- Team gets promoted, yeah, but, does really well, and then goes to shit the next season. And I, I can just see it happening. I think Bielsa is a bit more proven than uh, Chris Wilder and his approach. That uh, I'd have more confidence in him being able to replicate it. Although at uh, every team he's been at, it's all come crumbling down. Actually, so uh, <laughs> quite heavily too. Yeah, yeah it not, implodes. He's not, well, he's not well liked in a lot of his old clubs. You know, where he's like iconic in Leeds, but. And yeah, many clubs. That... Country of Chile, he's a god. Yes, yes. 
he ma- he managed like clubs there and he managed the country, right? He managed yeah. them twice, I think. Yeah, yeah. He, he I don't think he actually won anything with them. It was after he left they won like the Copa America twice or something. But uh he turned them into a competitive team and he he would like lose games like six nil to Bolivia, but then he'd like beat Argentina like two one or something, and they just love that. <laughs> I guess yeah, As international football you kind of would enjoy that. Um, but I uh, actually speaking of international football, while I was going to leave this to a little bit later, but it might be a good time to bring it up. Is we've got international fixtures coming up in like next month. We're having. Champions League and Europa League games playing at neutral venues because of the COVID travel restrictions. And no one seems to worry that this is probably a bad idea, having all these international friendlies and bullshit. Is that just me that thinks that that's just idiotic? Friendlies are pointless anyway, but (laughs) I cannot believe they're going to do friendlies now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I can't even think there was international stuff happening. I, I know it's due in March isn't it yeah. yeah I kind of didn't even think about it is it qualifiers do they have I don't know oh yeah it's the sorry it's the um, Nations it's League the, what you, Nations League yeah first rounds like so like England are playing San Marino like is there a point no the risk the risk is the risk worth the reward of England winning 12-0 with a sub team no. I mean, at this point, this might be an unpopular opinion. I don't even think the Euros should go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'd, have to, I'd have to agree. I don't know if it's safe at all. I don't mm-hmm. think it's safe. and I don't even... I mean, I suppose we're not in it, so we don't care. Scotland might argue this. But I, I don't really think do countries care all that much. I think it's all about club football at the minute. So I... I Number one, I can't believe that the Euros are going ahead. But number two, I can't believe they're playing fucking friendlies in March. Yeah. I can't believe no. next year is a World Cup. Yeah. Oh, my God. Man, so we've, just been, we've just been scammed out of a year of our life. Like, it'll, it'll be more. It'll be two years of our lives by the time it's done nearly. Maybe even more. Fucking hell. Mm. I wonder will we live two years longer? As a result, like <laughs> no, two years left. <laughs> two years less, I'd say. Maybe fifty the years less. <laughs> stress of this, yeah. I just want to. But live it is. I'm gonna file a complaint when I get to the pearly gates. I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. be like, I want to see the manager. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll be like, "Yeah, <laughs> join the yeah. infinite queue." <laughs> I go to the fucking. Um, EU ombudsman or something. <laughs> and you'll just need to do like a 52-page document every morning. <laughs> I'd, I'd be like, I have time. I got time. Yeah. I've waited so long for this. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd one. And I, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to... Like, we're not even halfway through this. Like, people... I think we're all sold the illusion that, you know... Come Christmas, there'll be a bit of a spike, and then it's you know twenty twenty one, New Year, new hopes. It's like we're worse than we ever were. It's it's mental. Yeah, when the first lockdown happened, and people, I saw people saying, uh, posting things like uh, pictures of people in the pubs, like cheering and like ho- raising drinks, and they're like, uh, "When this is all over in a few months, I can't wait for us all to go to the pub and have the biggest session of all time." 
I was like, you fucking idiot. It's never, it's yeah. not, it's not going to be like that. And uh, it's not going to be in a few months. And you know, like, even if you get the vaccine, like I might get the vaccine in the next th- three, four months, something like that. Even if I get that, what the fuck am I going to do? Because I can only hang out with other people who have the vaccine, who are no one I know. Like, I know people, I know one or two people who have gotten the vaccine. And sure, they can't, still can't do anything. Pubs aren't open. Restaurants aren't open. Still just sat at home on their own doing fuck all. You can go hang out with over 85s. (laughs) Down the the care home. Absolutely raving out in in care homes. (laughs) Do a podcast with them. I'm live here with Barbara. <laughs> and it's like, Barbara? Barbara? <laughs> well, we're not live anymore. Barbara. Yeah, shit. <laughs> Sorry, you served it up. <laughs> well, I wonder what they'd talk about. Old people. There was nice porridge this morning. Do you know what? I, I was watching something the other day and it was uh, in a care home and my, I always think of a care home, and if there's any question to ask myself, it's like, I wonder will my parents ever end up in a care home, right? Which I think probably a lot of people would ask themselves that. Have you ever asked yourself if you'll ever end up in a care home? That's a scary fucking thought. I'd mm. say I'd be lucky to get a care home. As opposed to what? <laughs> As opposed to like just dropping dead at the age of 45 or something. <laughs> Forty-five, <laughs> Lynn, fuck's sake! You're not, you're not twenty stone and smoke fags every day. Like. It could happen. Like I'm not, I'm not getting my hopes up about getting put in a home. Like I yeah, honestly, it's a lo- it's it's a long way away. You know, it's a really long yeah, way away. I didn't think I'd make twenty-eight, and now that I'm past twenty-eight, I honestly think I might live forever. <laughs> it's just it's there's just nothing a- to stop you now, like just a guttural feeling like you've got through the tutorial level <laughs> yeah that's it um, <laughs> fucking hell before we go on nice. can i just ask you can cut yeah. this if you want but kieran who is that gigantic man in your picture ah uh, yes he's not he's <laughs> he's not gigantic he's on the row behind me so it's in a stadium so the seats are tears <laughs> Oh, right. Holy shit. But he is he is over six foot. It's Ian Turner, former Cork City player. Wow. And I thought he I, was like Dutch or something. I did too. He looks he looks no. like he's about seven foot tall. <laughs> it's a bit deceiving. Got, got we're just really we're, with some random giant man in a cork jersey. <laughs> we're just really close, and I'm very far away, you know. Um, okay. But he, he, yeah, he. He was a former Cork City player. He got injured, and I sent him a tweet on Twitter to say that he should come into the shed, the the shed end in the in Turner's Cross. And he brought, um, he got like a lot of retweets of people as like for a laugh. And he replied to it and said, "Sure." And yeah, he came into the game, watched the game from the shed, and gave me a signed shirt afterwards. I still have that shirt. Right. It's actually nice. behind me right now. Yeah. So that's who that is, Ian Turner. Brilliant. Avid listener as well. Yeah. Is he? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Why not? Isn't everyone? Ian, do you ever get afraid of your children putting you in a hole? <laughs> Write in the comments and let us know. <laughs> the amount of injuries he had, he could already be in one. <clears throat> I'm just convinced I'll end up in a home now. 
after that thought. And imagine, imagine how boring it is. Like, I don't play chess. Yeah. I don't like sitcoms. Or not sitcoms. Um, like Coronation Street. What's that shit called? EastEnders. Yeah. But, but what are those things called? Soaps. Soaps. soaps yeah. I don't watch soaps, yeah. Uh, it'll happen to you, like. I also want to acknowledge that earlier <laughs> I said sail the wave. I said that like it's a phrase. It's yeah, a phrase. I, I wasn't going to say anything. I, was like, I think you should. I think you should always call me out on it because I know what I mean to say. And when I say it wrong, I feel like a dick. Hmm. So, um, can, I, can I bring up what Tom said earlier? That'd be a good idea. Yeah, that'd be a good one. So earlier, um, we had Tom on two weeks ago, good friend of ours, and uh, he brought up a very good point. He said, uh, does Ollie deserve more stick? Eight out of a possible 18 points taken in the league since the draw in Anfield. Is that the fact that Liverpool are playing brutal at the moment, allowing Ollie to escape more criticism? And he said, that's a fair question from a United fan. I think he actually has a really good point that because Liverpool are doing so badly, basically, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is getting away with murder. Yeah, well, yep. I don't think any of us ever really rated Ole at all. And like we saw through his smoke and mirrors, the smoke and mirrors of being the highest scoring team in the league. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to agree with Tom too. I, I think it's a really honest question to pose to as he said he's a United fan um, and I think it is I think United are stuck in between you know City who are dazzling people currently and Liverpool who are not performing as they should whatsoever but I, I want to just pinpoint one thing in response to that and it is obviously yes he should receive more criticism because he's hailed as some sort of like you know excellent man manager or tactician which he's not um the, the game was poised at 1-1 uh, against West Brom, who, who are struggling. And yes, you're up against like Sam Allardyce's brick wall, but it, it took him till the 66th minute to take off a striker for Mason Greenwood, who, let's be honest, is still finding his feet this season. You know, he hasn't really lived up to the end of last season's antics whatsoever. Yeah. And then 10 minutes before the end, he brings on Van der Beek for Fred. You know, he, I'm not saying that there's an abundance of like attacking options he had, but there's there's, there's players like Daniel James. There's players like you keep Martial. Sure, you keep Martial on the pitch if you're chasing a goal, um, and make some other sort of uh, tactical maneuver. I just thought, I just thought it was really weak. I felt that they didn't really uh, get any help from Oli this weekend to win that game, whereas you could have taken a few risks, and it's the same for other games too. Yeah. Oh, again, shocker of a game, and he pulls out this fucking wonder goal. Then, and everyone says that's what great players do. They have terrible games like that, and then they can pull out a wonder goal. I don't think it is because uh, I don't think I've ever seen Messi or Ronaldo or Van Dijk or whoever regularly have shocking games the way Bruno does and still pull something out of his ass. I mean, he has great games as well. Great performances, obviously. Sure, he's carrying the team on his back. But uh, people calling him like the best player in the league or something, I think they're out of their minds. Yeah. Do you know um, one thing that just 
caught me during the week um, about the Solskjaer thing is people keep saying, um, I, I know we had Mannix on here and, and he was kind of saying, you know, he's he's learning his trade as a, as a manager and things. Solskjaer is 47 years old. He's nearly 50. And to put that into context, Guardiola is 50. So he's three years older. <laughs> so the time for learning his trade is fucking well and truly gone. Like, I mean, I think, uh, I think Arteta is still in his thirties. Yeah. I could be wrong. He is. Yeah. Um, so like, it's fair to say about Arteta, like Solskjaer is an old man. <laughs> so, well, I did some, I did some reading on, on that. Right. You know, about yeah. like still learning his trade. He, when he, his, cause his playing career was, was premature. Uh, because he got injured, but United gave him a contract to stay on to start coaching. So uh, he's got about 15, 20 years of coaching under his belt. I mean, you know, if you if you're a carpenter and you have 15, 20 years of you know coaching or training under you, you should be expected to fix a chair, right? Absolutely. <laughs> That's yeah. a terrible comparison, but. Yeah, I should clarify. I don't mean to be shitting all over Mannix or anything. He was just in here and he made a point, and I just wanted to argue that point now. But and I know he can't argue it back. But just to clarify, he's well past learning his trade. He's trying to play it off like he's still a young, uh, young manager. He's inexperienced. He's a bit like someone who hangs around like young discos when he's (laughs) twenty-seven. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Speaking of like things that were perhaps we disagreed on in the last mm-hmm. podcast that we had Tom and Sean on, Adrian, I think you have a bone to pick with Flynn. Am I right in saying that? Well, <clears throat> I figure we may as well just have a, a proper chat about um, Flynn. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you made a point last time about Liverpool getting lucky in the transfer market, I think. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you want to... Do you want- <laughs> lucky with <laughs> okay okay maybe i'll start right are you saying that they got lucky with i'm guessing like robertson Mignaldum, mane um yeah i think so because um if you look at their big money signings really since Klopp came in what year did Klopp come in 2015 okay well did he sign firmino Okay, so the season after that, fine. So, like, his main signings were, like, Mane, Wijnaldum, uh, Van Dijk, Salah, Robertson, uh, Allison, F- Fabinho, and then this season. Um, and, like, every single one of them kind of big money, I think, for all of them, but they all worked out. Oh, Chamberlain, Chamberlain as well. He didn't really work out, so fine. Mm-hmm. Not entirely lucky, but uh, they spent big money on all these players and almost all of them turned out to be like world-class level, like the top in their bracket, like the best centre-back, the best winger, uh, two of the best wingers. And Wijnaldum and Robertson are two lads signed from relegated teams who fit the bill as well. And then you have fellas like... um, Alexander Arnold, 
uh, and Henderson, who was never really that good anyway. And they all end up being, you know, turning out to be 10 on 10 players for a period. They're not, maybe not not this season. And I think it's a bit lucky. It's a bit lucky that all of these players turned out to be 10 on 10 signings or whatever. Um, Whereas most teams have a few misses. Uh, Even the best teams like Man City, who they sign a few players, um, but they're not always going to be 10 on 10 unbelievable players, even though they're spending huge money every season. They have a few that miss. And Madrid miss, Bayern Munich miss every so often, but uh, Liverpool in this period when they, you know, had to get it right. Uh, they got it right, but they, you know, they were fortunate, I think, to a, to a degree. Okay. Um, I actually, I, I do understand your point, right? I'm not going to say you're being crazy in what you're saying, but, well, I mean, my first clear argument is, do you not think it's just good recruitment and good um, coaching, like, like, do you, like when because when he bought players like Wijnaldum and Mane, and and Robertson actually three of probably the more more successful ones. I remember me and I'm sure other Liverpool fans would have thought those were strange purchases, uh, particularly uh, Mane and Wijnaldum because they weren't really what we needed at the time. M- Mane wasn't; he was just playing for Southampton and was just kind of a fast winger but didn't really have the performances to back up 34 million or whatever we paid. And the same with Wijnaldum. He was an attacking midfielder at the time. So it was a really weird purchase. So do you not think it's, I'm not just saying Klopp. I'm sure it's like a a coaching team identified them, but saw something in them and said, that's what we need. Bring him in and we'll make him do this job. And that's exactly what's happened. I'm sure they thought, this player can do a job for us. I don't think they ever thought this fella signed from Hull City, a relegated Hull City, would turn out to be the best left back in Premier League history. They were part of the best team in Premier League history, maybe, arguably, last season, Liverpool. And Andy Robertson and Wijnaldum and these lads turning out to be the best players of all time is not what even they expected. But, okay, Let's say there is a slight sliver of luck to that. The same way I might argue that there's a slight sliver of luck to Thierry Henry turning out to be one of the best Premier League strikers of all time when they signed him as a fucking winger. Okay. Um, uh, so let's. There's a bit <laughs> of luck in that. Yeah. But then there's I, that argument, there's a bit of luck to every signing. Yes, but Liverpool, there's a bit of luck to every signing, but like Liverpool hit like hole in ones for every major position that they were well, looking for. Not not for Carius, uh not for Solanke, not for Chamberlain, not for Keita, not for a lot of those players. Minamino, another one. Timikas, we've hardly we've hardly seen play. Uh Tiago hasn't really set the world alight. So there's a lot of players that haven't worked as well. So to say but now that they don't, the majority, yeah. yeah, but to say that a lot of a lot of the signings worked. And ignore the ones that didn't. I don't think that's fair to say it's lucky. I think it's more like every team. Some of them work, some of them don't. Actually, you have to give credit to Klopp and 
the team for, for bringing in the right lads from a majority of the time. Uh, Gruick, it was his first fucking signing and has done nothing. He's He's been at Schalke or somewhere. I'll give Klopp all the credit in the world. I, I've never said Klopp is a fraud. Well, actually, I have said that, but in jest. <laughs> yes, I mean, I, I've said that he's a fraud, but I'm taking the piss. Uh, no, yeah. not like when I say it about Ollie, <laughs> which <Okay>. I believe. <laughs> uh, but I always thought Klopp was a brilliant manager uh, the whole time he's been at Liverpool. Uh, I don't think he's, you know, there that he's riding his luck all the way, but he, he got a little lucky with how it all turned out is all I think. To be not to be pedantic, but I think we're like we're discussing it in the wrong way. Lucky makes it sound like quite negative. I think it's more that like I think if you if all your big signings land, it's more fortunate. <laughs> if if I think that kind of sums up both your arguments too a little bit is that you spend when you spend any when you pay any money, especially the millions that clubs are paying now on a player, they expect them to do a job and I just think that Liverpool hit more winners than losers like rolling a dice at a casino uh, but I don't think the I, I can't say it's luck really because that's they wouldn't have bought them if they, they you don't buy players for them to be bad or for them to not not hope for them to be good yeah and and look I, I think we've had a fair discussion about I, I get Flint's point um, I, I guess I would just say if like Five years ago, you had said Gini Wijnaldum is going to be one of the best like central midfielders in the Premier League in three years' time. No one would have understood what the fuck you're talking about. And I think the fact that it happened isn't luck. I think it's I think it's coaching, and I think it's recruitment. Yeah, I okay. think. Um, okay. Well, yeah, I was only going to just say a few like footballers' names that are Valentine's Day e. I can pass you over to the Valentine's Day fact thing and we can just see where it takes us and just wrap it up after like 10, 15 minutes or something. Yeah, I really don't have many facts, so don't make it a thing. It's just if you're talking about it, I might throw it in there. Oh, before you just do that, I just want to complain about the David Louise red card uh, against Wolves. I did, yeah. did you see this? Did you guys see this fucking red card? Absolutely, yeah. <sighs> Not right. red. This is another time where this double jeopardy thing which I thought was gone. It, David Luiz has been done in by it again, where it's a penalty and a red card. And this time it was a penalty and a red card. It was a red card because there was no attempt to win the ball, according to them. Uh, and then today, the exact same fucking thing happened um, mm-hmm. with a Leeds player and nothing happened to him. In fact, it happens all the time. And also, he got a red because there was no attempt to play the ball. So if he had been intentionally trying to foul him, uh, he wouldn't have gotten a red. But because he just daintily millimeter clip of his heels, which I don't even think maybe happened, he got a red card. I'm just sickened by it. Sorry, go on. Let's continue now. No, no, I think that, you know, it's it's a fair point to raise because I think the inconsistency in, in the decision making this year is is making it quite unenjoyable. You think how many, uh, you know, another one where the, uh, the uh, let's look at the, the Madison goal yesterday in the Leicester Liverpool game. And that, that wasn't, sorry, that was, no, it wasn't given as offside, but it looked quite clear that Leicester players were onside and the line that they drew was wrong. 
And then it wasn't given, but the penalty, uh, the penalty shot that Maguire had in the game today against West Brom, he was offside, yet they didn't look at the offside in VR. They looked at whether it was a foul or not. And then when it was, wasn't given as a penalty, surely that simulation that yeah. Maguire went down and he didn't get any, there was no retroactive uh, action on that, which in the past would have been. You would have been booked for diving. If it's, if it's a foul, it's a penalty. If it's not a foul, then you must have dived. Yep. Well, that's it. Yeah. They've, so, yeah. they've really shit the bed with, with fire this season. I mean, like I, I, I understand people getting pissed off with VAR for slowing the game down and for taking ages to get decisions and to eventually arrive at a decision, whether it's you know marginal or not. But to be arriving at the wrong decision takes away the whole fucking point of it. <laughs> it's That's amazing. It it's incredible. It's incredible that you, the three of us, as Laymen, basically, in football terms, can look at something and go, "Well, that's bullshit." Yet some fucking lad um, in in a in a VAR office can't come to that same conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and yep. this like yeah. this isn't one or two instances. This is like fucking multiple instances a week. This is like three or four <laughs> times a week. This is happening. Yeah. I actually feel it's yeah. worse since last season. Completely. And I think the other ludicrous thing is as well is that the Premier League did it a year after a lot of other big leagues, like we'll use Germany, the Bundesliga, for example. They trialed it, got things right and wrong for a whole season before the Premier League took it on, maybe even more. And they've still made it worse. <laughs> it's actually it's great crazy. watching football outside of England when, when VAR comes in, which is actually rare. And when it does come in, it's like, well, yeah, they've actually fixed an incorrect decision and made it right. Whereas it seems any time that we're doing it in the Premier League now, it's it's just for ridiculous reasons. Ridiculous, yeah. A hundred percent. I I can't word it better than that. But I yeah. feel so strongly about it that uh, it's just the frequency of it and the like this this whole idea of um was it clear and obvious has gone out the window. And that was such an integral part of it, working, and that's gone out the window. And now it's every fucking decision is looked at, Um, bar like, I think, throw-ins maybe. Um, Every fucking decision is looked at. Um, I don't don't know. I I think they need to... That's the thing. Last year, it seemed to be used less, and the referees on pitch had more power. And that's, that's like change now this season so i think they need to they they seriously seriously need to look at that because i've always been like very pro var in the sense that if the correct decision is reached in the end it's happy days but Mm -hmm. the fact that it's not even doing that bullshit well the thing is 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 that you've got referees like mike dean i'm sorry that for him it's his own like pantomime it's his own like uh, performance every game it's more about him than it is about the the game itself how mike dean at what like 50 50 years old however many years refereeing walked over to that um you know the var on the side of the pitch and watched uh suchek accidentally move his elbow back <laughs> and hit 
Mitrovic in the face and think, you know what, that was violent conduct, then the the game's gone. Like we've lost. The referees have won. They've done it <laughs> finally. <laughs> yeah, let's tune in to see like the referee uh, games every week. Just forget who's playing the teams. I just tune in depending on who's refing the games. <laughs> and like, this is probably bad to say it, right? But so what if you got death threats, right? Man the fuck up and don't take a week off. You're taking a week off because you're shit at your profession, which is a referee. And a few lads writing to you on Twitter or whatever is, you know, you can delete those. No, sorry. Fuck Mike Dean. Don't really agree with that, but okay. Really? I mean, someone writes me on a piece of paper. (laughs) Does that really change my life? Not at all. Sorry. You can't just delete dead threats and forget about (laughs) them. No. (laughs) Yes, you can. I was, actually, we have I, was, the- <laughs> I was actually laughing for ages there, but I was muted. So I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you can't just be like, like get over those dead threats. <laughs> you, yeah. Yes, you uh, can. It's like sticks and stones uh, doesn't really work <laughs> when someone's saying, I'm going to kill you. No. <laughs> if I take you in a pinch of salt, they're not going to kill you. Like they're not going to. <laughs> what referee has ever been killed in English football? And <laughs> I like how you got that in there at the end. Can we just <laughs> call this one Mike Dean as a pussy? <laughs> <laughs> Man, and have the steak that you cooked this week in the yeah. Uh, thumbnail. Yeah, like or, if or I what, got that threats, uh, I wouldn't stop doing my job. You know. <laughs> Man up. You go to HR and they just tell him man up about <laughs> you can't it's gonna be like person up now, right? You can't be man up. In fairness, right? And I I wanna just say I'm in no way saying that Mike Dean should have gotten death threats, but that was the fucking <laughs> worst footballing decision I've seen in about ten years that Fred carried like. That was fucking chronic. Well, How do you even get death threats these days, though? Like, do the people write a letter? How did he, like, he hasn't explained how he got these death threats. I'm skeptical. That's all I'm saying. I'll send you a death threat tonight. <laughs> a, a surprise death threat, and you can see how you receive it. Imagine if he got a death threat from someone else now, just uh, randomly, and he just thought it was you. And he's like, ah, I'll just throw that away. And then he gets killed by this person. <laughs> yeah. fucking uh witchery or someone <laughs> yeah. i know that's one good thing about being relatively l- lower to middle class is that no one's really out to get you, <laughs> you know? fucking carl marx here <laughs> but like like who's gonna fucking pay like 10 grand to kill me what's the point do you consider yourself middle class yeah. Okay. Is it is that bad? No. Uh no. I would just I would think of middle class as being a lot richer. But maybe that's the um the British way of doing it. Because like in Britain, middle class maybe doesn't mean what we think middle class means. Like in Britain there's like lower class, middle class, and upper class. And upper class to them is like literally royalty. Whereas to us, upper class is like someone with a BMW. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 
like I like I suppose I still think of um where I grew up and stuff like my family I don't think of my income I think of like my parents income as being my income and that would be like middle class like not higher middle class but like you know not that you're on the dole basically Mm. I think I think of I think of someone who's on social as maybe being lower class (laughs) are we in trouble now do we have to cut that probably it's okay (laughs) at least my uh at least my comments have now been overshadowed which is Perfect. So no, but like that's the that's the whole thing is like how much you earn. So if you're on the dole, you're not earning a whole lot. So you're lower class. I'm not saying you're a worse person. I'm just no, saying I know. It's, it's, this... it's the same as what Will said, though. I think it's in England. It's or in in Britain, the class system is seen as it's not even what you earn. It's what you come from. It's your stuck. I'm but, gonna get dead you know, threats. Adrian, yeah, you dead. just said <laughs> the thing about being middle class is you don't have to worry about being killed. So. People in lower class have to worry about being killed. No, I meant I meant the upper class, like the important people who are rich. They're the people who get the death threats. Like no one wants to assassinate Joe Soap on the street. They want to assassinate the Queen. You know, someone important. And yet, and yet, Joe Joe Soap is murdered more often than the Queen. So there you go. Well, I don't know. I think like presidents of like the USA is a deadly profession. Because uh, you're more likely to get killed if you're the president than if you're uh, like a plumber. But is that true? I wonder what like the percentage of... I would say it's very high. Let me think. There have been like four American presidents assassinated out of like 44, 45 or something. So that's that's a lot more than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Let me think. There is Kennedy, Lincoln, and then there's the other two who no one ever remembers. Garfield and McKinley. So yeah. For Adrian, just like fucking historic people again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we should have asked Adrian to name them. <laughs> how, how, I, yeah, how many uh, American presidents can you name, Adrian? Oh, I knew I was going to say. Um, St- starting okay. most recent and go backwards. <laughs> this is what the, the listeners really want. This is <laughs> Fuck the football. Um, okay, Biden. Yeah. Trump, Obama, uh, <laughs> Bush. Um, what was that cunt who didn't have sexual relations? See, I've had a lot of drinks as well, so this isn't fair. Oh, uh, here we are. Clinton, Clinton, Clinton. Um, what was that cunt who didn't have sexual relations? <laughs> Clinton. Before that, oh my God, I'm actually going to have to listen back to this. Like, this is painful. Um, before that, I actually don't know, but I know there was another Bush. And I yeah, he was, he was before him. Yeah, uh, okay. Uh, there was also Lincoln and Washington. <laughs> Huge jump then. <laughs> well, look, I've got <laughs> seven. 150 so... years. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So that, the lads in the middle got killed. Um, <laughs> there before. Well, I, I think of this because... Um, oh, Christ. Um, I've had a lot of drinks, though. So it's okay. The guy in Futurama. Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Yeah. yeah. There was two of them. Two Roosevelts. So that's up to nine. That's pretty good. Um, get one more just to uh, get to the perfect ten. Did some. Okay. Um, Futurama. Oh, 
I don't know what Futurama is. Um, yeah, that's the guy I'm thinking of, but I can't think of his fucking name. Uh, can I? Can I just guess? Uh, Rhymes with Dixon. Thomas. Thomas. Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah. Thomas okay. Jefferson. No. Was it? Was go. Jefferson the president? He oh, was. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Uh. My dad is favorite subject is american presidents like uh he could he literally we i did a quiz there like you know sporkle did you ever use sporkle yeah mm-hmm. i yeah. did one there i just tried him on it and it was like you have to name the american presidents by who their vice president was and he got he got like 42 out of 45 or something wow i'm very good for I've gotten very good at Irish counties. If there's any Irish county, Ooh. I can name 32 pretty quick. Um, I'm shit at them. I'm really bad at them. Like, <laughs> Just never forget Monaghan. That's always the one I forget. So put Monaghan <laughs> down first, and then you have a pretty good chance. Um, this is a this is like a topic where you can like uh, make fun of me for not knowing things that <laughs> are so obvious. Because like, I literally probably couldn't name... If you showed me a map, like, and asked me to label them all, I'd be fucking clueless after about like fifteen or so. It's just <laughs> when you're put on the spot. That's what fucks me always on this podcast. Someone puts me on the spot. I can probably name twenty American presidents, but when you're put on the spot after two bottles of wine, it's tricky. Two bottles of wine, jeez. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's been a long day. Um, but uh, <laughs> and and like. Um, American states as well. Oh yeah, seems pretty easy, but you for, you forget so fucking many of them. All the There's news: Mexico, New Hampshire, New Jersey. All the all the news. What about countries of Europe? Could you name them? Mm, I wouldn't be too bad, but I wouldn't be great either. It, it, the further east I go, the harder. Yeah. <laughs> like the way to remember them is like for me is uh places like Slovakia and Hungary like if i thought where are they i wouldn't know but i think austria hungary and czechoslovakia yeah. so they're next to czech republic which is next to germany yeah that's the only way i can think of it but then you've got like estonia which is kind of off oh no that's so- easy too cuz uh the um, baltics they go in alphabetical order from top to bottom so it's like oh. Oh. Estonia, Latvia, yeah. Lithuania. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do that little kind of area too, because you could take a ferry over to like Helsinki as well, which is like Finland, just across the water. Uh, so yeah, if we ever get to travel again, maybe I'll go there. Yeah, <laughs> that's the dream. I honestly think when <laughs> all, like the next place I'll go is just like Disneyland. I'll just fucking save up money go over to Florida and just do a proper like two weeks in America. You know, in the Truman show where he dreams about getting to Fiji, like the yeah. the island, um, Kieran in his world would be dreaming about going to some place in Estonia. <laughs> yeah, Tallinn. Estonia. Tallinn, yeah. here we come. Someday. Some big like apartment <laughs> block. <laughs> what can I say? I'm obsessed with the former Soviet bloc. (laughs) That'd keep Truman where he was. He'd never dream about going anywhere if you showed him pictures of the ex-Soviet Union. Why did they give him pictures of fucking Fiji? Of course he wants to go there. Like... (laughs) 
<laughs> the end nice. of the Shawshank Redemption, he escapes and he ends up in fucking Riga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he comes out the tunnel into. <laughs> he climbs back into the tunnel. Like. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, I'm still in the prison." <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Well, um, we can we can still do it if we want to. I have a couple of like uh, to round off our Valentine's Day special. <laughs> Mike Dean is a pussy. Episode number twenty-seven. Um. <laughs> I think the obvious one is Ian Hart. It's a nice one, isn't it? <laughs> oh <my laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe, I've got one. Joe Hart. Hey. Yes. Yeah. Do you know, Very all good. I think of when I think of Ian Hart is missing two penalties against Spain. Yeah. What could In have the been? The World Cup. Yeah. Brutal. What could have been if in some, uh, in some part of our, our existence, Ireland won that penalty shootout and went on to be you know have the Javi and Iniestas of the world and Spain went to you know have Mick McCarthy mm. as their manager what could yeah. have been there's a bit that of luck a... involved you know there fortune is, there's a real that was yeah I think when you look back at that we could have gone to the fucking finals of that really probably gotten hammered yeah. in the finals but... if Keane was there you mean yeah yeah and if, if things had just worked out slightly differently. Clinton Morrison needed more minutes. That's what, It's certainly that's what the best Irish team of my lifetime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> There's that much competition, is there? <laughs> no. The team that lost like 5-2 to Cyprus, was it? And that wasn't oh. even a bad Irish team. Like when you, when you look at that team, it wasn't too bad. They're still... Celebrating in Cyprus, like <laughs> the party is still Steve's, going. That was that Steve Stolton's last game. I don't think it was. Uh, no, maybe, geez, maybe it was. I just wiped his whole reign from my memory, really. But didn't they? He's draw... really gone away. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's a nobody. Sure. Who, who wants him now? <laughs> it's not like if you fail in a Premiership team, then like a Championship team might want you. What country is he going to go to? Fucking Cape Verde? Cyprus. Was it Cyprus? Cyprus. That, was it Cyprus <laughs> that Mick McCarthy went to recently? He managed in a. Uh, I got fired. So. Yeah. <laughs> like six weeks in. Yeah. He's, he's in Cardiff Joe now, is he? He's back in England, yeah. Is he? Yeah. But Wales. But that's the thing is that he's got so. Uh, he's got so, like. Oh, they're just so tried and tested, some of these managers, that they'll always land a job, even though they're completely shite. This is it, his reputation precedes them. Like yeah. That. And just this tactic that kind of works and players will respect him. And yeah. we probably shouldn't respect Mick McCarthy. But imagine I would. being Jack I'd Byrne. Him, I'd send him a death threat. Jack Byrne has been holding out for a big move for the last three or four years, and he finally gets it and goes to Cyprus because Mick McCarthy is ushering him in the door. <laughs> And then Mick McCarthy gets fired <laughs> the next day. It's like he shows up. He's like, "Hi, I'm new signing for the team." It's like, uh, <laughs> "Where's where's the manager?" It's like in in Cypriot then or in Greek. He's just they're talking to him, telling him he's, he he left. He's gone. Literally passing him out the door, like going, "Oh, Mick, I'm just signing." He's like, All "Right, good luck, mate." <laughs> he gets out of the taxi, and Mick gets in. Yeah. <laughs> 
you have another good do you have another good valentine's day name there's a few there's a few uh, <laughs> soul campbell soulmate campbell no nah. <laughs> no that. danny rose that's a good one that's fine yeah we'll put that in is there like um, someone named chocolate or something wagner wagner love oh yeah i remember him Spartak um, Moscow legend. Is there is there any <laughs> yeah. like Keith ejaculate? <laughs> there is one. There is one. Oh, pull pull dick off because that's what a lot of us will be doing tonight. Big big down. Christian Fuchs. Fuchs. Christian. Yeah. The Christian part is important in that. <laughs> when I was looking online, right? If you think those were bad, when I was looking online, this is what that came up. Peter crouched down on one knee to propose. God, it's so bad. I, I nearly, I like it. See, they're not that bad. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's poor. Very if, poor. If but Peter, we love it. If Peter crouched down on one knee, he'd still be like a foot taller than any woman. <laughs> Any woman. <laughs> well, not any woman. <laughs> woman nice, on like nice a one. ride on lawnmower or something. <laughs> Will we wrap it up, gents? I think so, yeah. That was good. Yeah, it's been a, a good, a lovely, lovely special. Um, so yeah, that comes the end of the 27th Put Some Under Pressure podcast. I've been Kieran, and this has been Adrian and Connor because we didn't do an intro, outro music. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yes, yes. You've been listening to the Put Them Under Pressure podcast. For more of our content, make sure that you follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and Facebook. Outro music. Outro music.